here we go. Ingo Goodmanson. How are you, buddy? Hey, Alex. I'm pretty good. Cool, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Uh, this is podcast number three. And um, three of three. This is it. No. Um, <laughs> oh, it's fun to do. I really like doing this. I like interviewing people that um, obviously yeah, that I know that work in this kind of crazy business we call the filmmaking business. Mm-hmm. And people that blaze their own trail. You blaze your own trail. You came from a few miles away to a few miles to uh try your try your your luck here in california mm-hmm. uh, and uh you've had some success let's say, let's let's first of all just the correct pronunciation of your name so that i don't screw it up and if someone's listening they get it right if they want to hire you on so so most people both in iceland and and here call me ingo which is like, like bingo with no B, very easy. Um, but my full name is Ingolfer or Ingolver, as we pronounce it back home. Ingolver Guðmundsson would be the Icelandic pronunciation, but nobody could say it like that. So but like on your, let's say your IMDb or your website or whatever, you know, so, social or, or, or um, someone wants to look up your work. if they're Yeah, Ingolfer, Ingolfer Guðmundsson. Cool. Or Ingo Goodmanson, yeah. And that's Icelandic. That's Icelandic, yeah. I'm from Iceland. You're not Spanish, Italian. <laughs> Born um, and bred. Hey, some in people. Iceland. Some people. Um, what you do is 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 unique and, and interesting. Maybe not to you or the people you work with closely, but for an outsider, or even for me, someone that just doesn't work in that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know i could speculate on what you do and i have i think i have a general idea of what you do but um there's people out there that you know when you think of like the 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 really rock the really like raw filmmaker no budget grab a camera kind of person they may be doing their own editing or maybe in very little of it possibly but you get to these upper levels of um big films and big production editing where there's a ton of planning and a mm-hmm. ton of work to be done after photography. Um, I wanted to kind of ask you to describe what that is and how that planning, and, and you don't have to go ultra deep, but to kind of give a general reference of what it is that you do in the sense of how some, like a, a, a picture that's big on visual effects, you know, like let's say a comic book movie, something like that. Um, you know, you've worked on some stuff that's heavy on, on rendering 3D environments and stuff. So, right. You kind of talk about how that goes and what you do in there. So, uh, I mean, I have a pretty diverse background in visual effects. Um, I started out as sort of a generalist visual effects artist with with emphasis on CG. Um, I originally wanted to become an animator, but that sort of morphed into more of a generalist. Um, kind of type of work, which generalist CG means basically you you create anything that's needed to be created in in a CG environment. Um, uh, be that you know for visual effects, if you need to create um, any any type of, of of artificial worlds or or characters or whatever. Um, 
and and sort of um, when I started out in Iceland, I actually started uh, studying in Germany. Um, as, that's sort of my first venture into into visual effects was in Germany, and then I came home and I just became sort of a jack of all trades, doing um, compositing, doing um, mostly for for commercials back home in Iceland, doing compositing and doing um, uh, CG. Uh, CG characters, full CG characters, or just CG effects elements and stuff like that. And then um, uh, also visual, uh, um, um, what's it called, uh, motion graphics, like simple simple 2D motion graphics for commercials and stuff like that. Not very sophisticated stuff, but but sort of what was needed for for the, the small projects that I was doing at the time. And... Uh, that then I decided to move to California with my wife and from Iceland from Iceland to California and was there a trigger uh, there was there something it was like a uh, moment where you said okay enough of this or I gotta do something different well um, it was I mean I had a very sort of basic education um, very, uh, the, the, I did a course in Germany for visual effects, which is pretty basic, which was basically software, a software course. It wasn't, didn't involve a lot of, um, sort of beyond the, 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 the software side didn't involve a lot. Um, it, there weren't a lot of people who could teach me a lot, um, who were around me. I didn't, I didn't do any professional work in Germany. Um, and then I came to Iceland and, there weren't a lot of people around me who um, knew a lot more than me. So I didn't see a, a, an avenue of, you know, progression. I couldn't progress a lot. I couldn't get a lot better than I was. And, and I saw that my stuff wasn't very good. I just knew that my stuff wasn't very good, but I didn't know how to get better. So and I was feeling in Iceland of where you were a feeling in Iceland where maybe you weren't going to be able to get to a level that you desired to get to. So you needed to find a way to grow further. Pretty much, pretty much. I wanted to get, go somewhere else um, to learn, uh, especially because there weren't, I, mean, I, I always wanted to become, um, or I, I back then I wanted to become a character animator mm. um, for, for animated movies, um, which, you know, in the end um, I didn't, you know, I didn't end up doing, but, but uh, I went that route for a while. I went to, I came here, California. I went to the Academy of Art University mm -hmm. to study animation. And, um, uh, you know, did two years of that. You know, it was, it was great, but it was an undergraduate because I didn't have an undergraduate before. And um, so it wasn't focused, it wasn't very focused. Um, and after two years, I figured like, I would try and maybe get a job or find, you know, a school that would be more focused that I was actually planning to do animation mentor, which is sort of a, an online animation course. N didn't actually end up doing that. So animation, what mandatory animation mentor, oh. animation mentor. This was actually when animation mentor was getting started, which was, this was, was in 2000. An educational program. Yeah. Animation mentor is, is actually uh, the program that the sort of uh, the most 
prolific sort of school for animators these days, I would say. Like it's, it's not, it's fairly, it doesn't cost a lot. It's like, or used to be like 18 grand, I think. Wow. For, um, for the, yeah, something like that for, for the, for the full course. And, um, or even less, no, maybe it was like 12 grand for 18 months. It was something like that. A specific and, course just to teach you one specific thing or is it a general? Yes, it's very, very, very focused animation, character animation course. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've had plans to do that and um, I just didn't, um, wasn't able to secure, secure the financing for it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started looking for work and actually we were living in Oakland at the time and I'd done these two years at school and was kind of... Um, you moved to the Bay Area first from high school. Yes, exactly. Moved to the Bay Area first, went to, went to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. We spent our first six years um, uh, of, of staying in California in, in, in the Bay Area. Did and you so have like this second or third choice uh, from Iceland? Like, I got to get out of here to go somewhere. Here's my top three. Or is it just that was it? Well, it, it, very quickly. I mean, it was a really, really spur of the moment decision. So, I mean, the story of how um, my wife and I met and how we got married. This was, we, we basically met, uh, decided to get married and left the country uh, to live in California, all in the span of, I think, three and a half or four months. Wow. So, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But yeah, uh, we're still idea, really. Four months later, you were in the Bay Area. Basically, yes. That's a big move, and, short amount of time. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say there were a lot of choices. It was just, I looked, looked at a few schools, made a decision, and off we went. Pretty much. So where did you where did you get in Iceland you had the thought, you had the that moment where you said to yourself, I've gotta go I've gotta get better. You went to the Academy of Art. Did you get better enough to feel good or did you then take another step or did you just start working and go from there? Um I mean I I, I learned a fair few things at, at that school, but because I was already in my thirties and I was, I started out doing all the requisite things for, um, for a, an undergraduate program. So I did, you know, I went through like English comp and all those like basic courses that you need to finish an undergrad. And I felt that it was kind of a time waster. Um, and it, yeah. Whenever I went to, when I was talking to my buddy about this, I think my friend Dave last time, he, said something he was talking about his school and I said every time I yeah, I never went to a university or anything I just would go to junior colleges city colleges sure and every time I well I guess every time it was probably twice that I said mm-hmm. I'll get that I'll get that bachelor's right and you talk to the right. counselor and all that next thing you know half the day I'm sitting there in 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 history and science and I don't really I don't really buy the education system fully either. So sure. sort of like, I just was like, this is, and I was like, why don't I just stop going to all these classes and take more filmmaking? <laughs> That's, I don't want to be a historian or a scientist. I don't want to. No, I, 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 you know, and it's like, 
in a sense, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think, I think had I done this 10 years earlier, I would totally have, you know, gone in all the way, but we were there, we had, you know, um, Helga, my wife, you know, she had a, a, a kid from a previous relationship. He was, it was already eight, I think or nine years old at this time. And we were already pregnant midway through um, those two years yeah. of, of school. And, and it was just like, I, I couldn't, I had to focus and finish it without spending too much time or money. Run to, uh, California with you to help you follow your dreams. She, at the, at that time, did she have her own? Uh, this was, I mean, she, she, she did. She, um, she was more the driver, if anything else, she was sort of the motivating force, uh, you know, that we picked up and left. I mean, we were both sort of itching to go somewhere and, and she encouraged me to, to pick a school and go, which is, yeah. which is great. Cool. Okay. So, so we're educated. still here. <laughs> yeah, there you are. Here you are <laughs> today. Yeah, this is like 13 years later. So, so with uh, more kids and more gray hair. With, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a longer beard and, yeah. and more kids. I was looking at a picture of myself doing some, filmmaking thing and it wasn't that that long ago it was like seven or eight years ago and i had like mm -hmm. four gray hairs now the whole thing <laughs> um, so yeah. cut to like your first job that you considered to be like yeah so so i'll tell you the story about the first job i got which is co completely insane um so I, I was saying like we i was um i was at the school and i just um told myself that I, I needed to, to kind of back out and, and reassess and, and try to get into animation mentor. And then uh, that didn't work out. I tried to get financing here, which was, I could have, I, I don't know, might've been able to pursue it further, but uh, I couldn't get financing back home, which I was sort of depending on. They wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, sort of, accept that school as a, as a, as a good enough school to, to lend me money to go to it. But uh, I started sort of poking around for jobs and come to find out that my neighbor was working for Lucasfilm. So I'm not you know, my the lady who, <laughs> sorry. For you. Yeah, exactly. So That's always a good thing to, I, there was this, there was this professional lady who, who um, lived next door, you know, this lady who, who uh, was super busy, always away. And, and I, I didn't know what she did, but you know, this like nice, like, you know, lady who I, I had gotten to know. Um, and and I didn't know what she did. So, so from another neighbor, I heard that she worked for Luxem. So I inquired, so, you know, can we, can you maybe, you know, I'm, I'm looking for jobs. Is, is there any way? Was she working? What department did she work in? Um, I didn't know. I had no idea. I just knew she worked for Lucasfilm. So, so, uh, you know, I asked her and she's, you know, super willing to help me out. And so she says like, just look for a job and and send me you know once you send in the the application forward it to me and I'll, I'll see what i can do so i do that and then um you know i find a perfect job which is a 3d story artist for for uh clone wars the the tv series star wars the clone wars and 
send in my application and, and, you know, I get a call back and I get an interview and this is all great and go to the interview, super nervous, you know, drive all the way to, um, uh, uh, big rock ranch, which is right next to Skywalker ranch. Yeah. Up in you know, for this valley. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right next to, just go by, by right way. close to, yeah, right close to, um, um, to, uh, what is it? What is the town over there? Petaluma or something like that? No, this is, um, I'm just blanking on the, on the, on the town that's right next to it. Anyway. Um, yeah. And, and I spent a half day there, which is great. And I get a call back and I eventually get the job. It's great. So, a few weeks into the job, people are asking me, how do you know Lynn Hale? What was and it? Lynn Hale. Say it again. And One more time. <laughs> it was Lynn, Lynn Hale. Lynn Hale. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. It was, it was, I was clipping, I guess. And I guess. she, she, um, oh, and, and how do you know her? And I, I like, Oh, uh, she's my neighbor, and like, what's the big deal? <laughs> Turns out she's uh, she's been with the company since uh, Empire Strikes Back. What? And she is basically George's, or was George's? Um, she runs the PR department now. She was George's right hand PR person. I mean, could you have been next door to a better person if you want to be an animator? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. The I don't stars think so. Aligned. Yeah, I mean, uh, not to say, not to say that she. I mean, they were after the fact. It's a lot of people told me that they were sort of like, "Who the hell is Lynn? Like, who the hell is, are they uh, bringing? In, is she bringing in here? Who like is this like her little cousin or whatever? <laughs> her little you nephew? Like seasoned people that are looking at you as a newbie. Is that what you're saying? That- no, they, the, uh, so I'm glad I didn't know who she was, and I'm I, I'm glad going in that I just, I didn't think about it because they, um, they, they assumed I was like, you know, they, I had to win them over basically. Mm. I totally had to win them over. And I, 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 you know, I went in cold and I managed to win them over and, and, and it was a, it was like an amazing opportunity. It was one of the, this job was like such a dream job. It's so weird. So, um, so weird to get that as the first job in the States. It was super weird well, you, because you've been doing education and then you go to try to work and you get this. Exactly. And I just, all I had done professionally before in visual effects or, or animation was like these smaller projects in Iceland and Iceland has like in the population of 350,000 people yeah. and and the market is really, really small, and and you're just basically one of maybe a hundred, you know, hundred to hundred and fifty people who comprise the entire industry. Wow! So, if, you know, all, if if that jobs, yes, if that. I mean, you there's probably wait. it's one of those situations where you got to wait for a couple of people to die before you can get the gig. <laughs> No, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. But I mean, they take chances. They took a chance on me, for example, the company I was working for mm-hmm. took a chance on me to do um, basically off the street. I was handed, you know, graphics for uh, like Iceland's Home Depot. Okay. Like the Icelandic version of Home Depot was my first job in Iceland, which is, that's what I'm saying. Like the opportunities are great, 
but you're you are a very big fish in a small pond so it's like as soon as you there's a ceiling you hit you have to kind of go elsewhere or you really have to like to, to educate yourself become um what i at least in my opinion better at what you did what you do you know well, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a hub for anything there's nashville for music right or or exactly you know, whatever and i mean you want to do there's some sort of central place where the professional you know exactly and for for visual effects and animation that's definitely california you know um so there you are at lucasfilm first job the first job and basically working in this palace which yeah. is uh if, if you, you can look Man. it up no it, so it's not skywalker ranch this is um this is uh Big Rock Ranch, which is actually built uh, originally built for the lawyers and like the the licensing team and stuff for for George, but then but then it was um, it was very quickly. I mean, I think before it was done, they had actually moved all those people down to um, the Presidio, um, their main headquarters offices. Yeah, and then it sort of stood empty, and then um, Lucasfilm Animation was created, and they sort of took the building over. Yeah. Um, it, it was it's it, basically uh, this like it's on a pop. What's the name that? Um, what's the guy? He's like directing and producing Mandalorian along with John Favreau. Uh, yeah, uh, Dave, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Yeah, I worked with him. You there in those days? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we uh, we worked together a bunch. Oh, cool. Yeah, because he was like the main Clone Wars guy. I thought he's he's the he's the. I mean, he was brought on. He uh, was he was really young. I mean, he's one year young, older than me, so oh, he's yeah. forty. He's going on forty six now. So, so he was really young. He was like in his early thirties, maybe when when um, when George hired him to to create Clone Wars. Essentially, I mean. Oh, really? Yeah, he was. He, actually, he was working on. He was working on um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, before right. that, I believe, and he he'd done a bunch of stuff before, but but that's when what he was doing before. Cool. And he's like he's like a he's like an encyclopedia when it comes to Star Wars. He's a yeah. complete Star Wars nerd and has been forever. So he he's like if you want to have any, you want to ask anyone any questions about like detailed Star Wars lore, that's a guy to ask for sure. I watch these, um, I guess they're sort of like behind the scenes little episodes for Mandalorian and he's talking about, you know, why did they have certain scenes take place in these locations that, that are similar to Tatooine and the, 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 what's it called? The bar. I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. I don't know my Star Wars. <laughs> uh, you know, Moss Eisley Cantina. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, and like things like certain droids and certain uh, and uh, certain um, beasts and and things from really obscure places. Even he mentioned uh, something that's in the Mandalorian that was an animal that was only seen in the Christmas special, the Star Wars Christmas. Uh, it's like this guy knows every little. You yep, know, mm -hmm. so that's pretty funny. He does, and he All would. Right, so uh, you're, you're in uh, you're in Lucasfilm working on Clone Wars animation, mm -hmm. and that's. That's probably a couple notches above doing uh, Iceland's version of Home Depot. Anyway, <laughs> right? Yes, good, and, right? and and it was kind of it was so crazy because um, I I had the biggest like 
I didn't know what I, I didn't have the term for it back then, but imposter syndrome, like I had the biggest, biggest imposter syndrome while working there because I mean, um, you felt, you felt like you weren't ready. No. Well, sure. I just felt I wasn't, I didn't deserve to be there. I was just like, felt that any, any second someone would tap me on the shoulder and throw me out the door. Right. That's, that's how I felt. Well, they, it was just, look it was your, just too much. They looked at your resume. You had a, you had an in because of this woman, but they sure. Resume, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, but I, you know, no matter how many times people would tell me that, you know, my stuff was cool. Um, it was just hard to believe. Well, you're, in, you're in the Mecca. It's like going to the Holy Grail of sure. how good you are. You're going to walk in there and think, oh, my God, I, I'm not worthy, right? Anyway. Absolutely. 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 I mean, like and, me getting an invitation to go into James Cameron's office uh, <laughs> and see, you know, his, his alien and his predator and stuff down there in Manhattan. Like that, that would be, to me, probably very similar. Not that I don't have right. respect for Lucasfilm, but like, you know, Terminator and Cameron, like that's my, yeah, yeah, yeah. R Wars, I guess, if you want to put it. So I get it. I mean, who wouldn't? You'd, you'd have to be inhuman if you loved, if you had any compassion or any, you know, right for this industry or like film right. and stuff, and you go into a place like that and you're just like, whatever, then you don't belong there. No, totally. The fact totally. that you felt that way, I, I think, kind of says that you did belong there really <laughs> I mean, yeah maybe maybe if you didn't have that feeling and you weren't in awe yeah for what sure was the, what for was sure. like what was the next gig what did you get out of that what did that parlay into so so um basically i was there for two years uh through like from the beginning of the fourth season up until the end so there's actually some stuff that we um we did that came out and they, so they released the last season on Disney plus recently. And there was a couple of, of episodes that I worked on, like I want to say six or seven years ago that, that were um, shown there, which is really cool. But um, so basically Disney bought Lucasfilm or George sold Lucasfilm to Disney. And for a while there, we were sort of in limbo waiting to see what would happen. Oh, does that ser- with the series on hold in a sense for a while? What if you're going to continue doing that, that series? Yeah. I mean, they didn't know what they were going to do. And, um, and then it just, you know, basically they weren't because they were going to focus on the timeline after the, the trilogy, the original trilogy, like the, the movies that, you know, all the movies that came out, um, they were, they were, going to be laser focused on that period and because look clone animation. wars was the, go ahead. interrupt you the animation clone wars this is probably a stupid sounding question but i'm going to ask it <laughs> clone wars animation interacted and and fell in line with the live action film uh, i'm sorry not uh, no no yeah yeah so so basically part? the clone wars the timeline of the clone wars uh, tv series or um animated series was is basically between episodes uh, two and three. So after the uh, the attack of the uh, so after the attack of the clones, before um, the uh, what's the last oh, what's what's I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on the name of the third one. You're unbelievable. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up already. Uh, the last episode they made. I don't know. You know, it's a good question because they're making a lot of Star Wars movies now. 
<laughs> yeah. Whatever. Attack of the Sith. I th- no, I, I, I'm blanking on it right now. I never, talking never about like, what's the last... Movie? Not the last one. Not the, not the one that came out, but but the uh, the prequels. The prequels were the one, two, three, and then... Oh, of the, so of it's, the it's between nine. it's between number two and number three. So so basically all that's happened all that happens in those like five or six seasons is is the timeline that, that yeah, is, yeah you know spans between the two. So so basically it's prequel stuff. It's like um, it's going into detail on prequel stu- prequel characters, prequel timelines, prequel you know that kind of this stuff. Is, and, and what Disney was trying trying to decide of whether they wanted to fund the show and continue it yes it didn't fit into their over overarching plans for star wars so they they basically said like we're going to stop production ah. which meant that you know everyone was kind of in limbo uh and because there was not there's not a ton of work for and there's not a ton of options for people up north um there's like as far as there's game there's certain gaming companies oh okay um, there's a, yeah, there's a few gaming companies, um, and then there's Pixar and there's Lucasfilm, right. and and um, but right off the bat, so a buddy of mine, um, he had some connections into Disney, and right off the bat, they I I heard that they were looking for people for Disney Toon Studios, which is um, which is sort of the sister company of of Disney feature animation or, or it's not, it's not in existence anymore. It, it, it was shut down a couple of years ago or maybe a year ago or so. Um, they, they used to do all the direct to video stuff. Mm. They, they used to do all the sort of the Tarzan twos and the, you know, Aladdin twos and stuff like that. So this, the yeah. sort of sequels that didn't fit into the, yeah. the main feature t- line, you know, timeline. Yeah. And, and, but they were, they have been doing um sorry go ahead located in the bay area still like you could no 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 this was this was down here this was there in uh glendale Uh, oh yeah okay so so they were looking because they were doing um the planes movies which were spin-off movies from um cars from cars same world so they because i I had for you I'm sure you, know, you know, Which one? the planes movies say that didn't take off. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> I continued. That was the worst, but I had to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically because I had sort of specialized in um, flying shots. So my, my forte, what I was sort of um, my speciality, let's say for the Clone Wars stuff was doing all the, 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 um, uh, 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 space flight stuff, you know, uh, sort of, I, I don't know why. When you say doing space flight stuff, does that mean that you're, Imagine I was animating, like, animating the flying stuff. That has no idea. So you're generating environments or you're doing animation on a particle or a, 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 a no, no, no. So basically, you know, we have, um, models of, of the, the, um, the spacecraft, and I'm just animating them flying through space, and I mean, it's it's a it's a bit a bit of a different skill than animating characters. It's just like a, I guess a different um, sense of how things move through the frame, how to make it look um, engaging and 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 
you know, how to, how to make sure that the motion looks, you know, exciting and, 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 um, and it looks good on, in, in the frame. And I guess I had a knack for that. Okay. So, so that's something I could show on my reel and that's what they were looking for, for planes because planes was a flying movie. You know, there were, there were shots on the ground where, you know, the, the planes were talking just standing there and, you know, moving a little bit and talking and, and those were difficult in and of themselves. But then there was a whole, whole different section of the movie where they were flying, you know, that had to look like actual planes flying. This is similar to cars in the sense where the planes have faces and eyes and, Exactly. With the wings exactly. perform like but, arms and all these different little details. Right, but they are they are functioning planes. They are they don't move their arms. Uh, the only thing that moves portrayed like a like a person in a sense. Exactly. A plane. So exactly. There's a lot of going on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but they had to fly like actual planes. They had to be super realistic um, flight mechanics. Oh, okay. And that's something that I, you know, I could at least show that I could do exciting flight shots. Sure. And, and so, so they hired me and, and actually Disney moved us down to, to, so we were, got super lucky, but Disney oh, paid for oh, our move down, down to uh, Southern California. You're at, you're at Lucasfilm doing mm-hmm. Clone Wars. Lucasfilm gets bought by Disney mm-hmm. and then essentially they keep you on. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it didn't, I didn't look like that would happen in the beginning, but uh, technically I, you know, I just stayed at Disney employee. Right. So that was pretty cool. I've, but, uh, yeah, I, I've personally enjoyed some of the perks of you being a Disney employee. <laughs> yes, you, yes, you, <laughs> yes, you have a couple of, couple of uh, Disneyland trips. Yeah. So then you said, okay, no, now we got to go to Glendale. Is that, Yes. And, um, and I went alone for the first month, um, you know, moved on to the couch, you know, my, my buddy's couch and, and, and lived there for, for a month. Uh, I started working and then we all moved down, um, lived in a really, we went from a really big house up in, up in Petaluma. We were, we lived in Petaluma. Yeah. And, uh, we, li- we went from a four bedroom house to a two bedroom apartment um, in Glendale. Welcome. And to it was Southern he- California. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. We ended up moving into a bigger house, but, but, but th- those first couple of years were yeah. yeah, pretty weird. After the planes movies mm-hmm. cycle that ended. And what do you do that- next after that? So n- next I, I, I go into previous. So that was sort of the most logical and, and logical way to go. Let me stop um, you there. Let me stop there. So you're doing animation for characters. Yeah. So essentially I'm doing, no, what I'm doing is layout. Okay. So let me explain. So uh, as soon as I started at Lucasfilm, I was essentially doing what's called layout, um, the layout stage for animation. So normally uh, when you do an animated movie, you start with a script, you write a script, and then you do the storyboarding phase, which is, you know, you go through the whole movie, you, you board it out, you, you draw up, you know, what's essentially cartoon panels. The cheapest way to get a sense of what's going on. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's usually just like the director and a couple of, of artists who 
who sketch out the whole movie and and it goes through many many iterations that way and and then once it's locked in more or less i mean it always changes a little bit but um, when it's more or less locked in at that stage it goes into layout which is the first part first um, part of cg the first step into the cg world so what we do is we take the panels and we we get all the sets we get all the characters usually you know you know it's all the final dimensions of the set the set's been designed it's been built in a rough version it's maybe not the final high-res version of it but it is as this talking about like let's say for uh for an example let's say the the, the movie cars you see a set that might be that entire rock town and valley that exactly all will now exist and then you can work in that world pretty much um you you would you would probably you know you would the 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 whole town would exist all its relationships would be correct that you could load in that whole file as like all the, all the different houses with all the interiors and everything. But usually you would only load in what you need probably. Sure. So you'd, you'd be working in one, one building and then you load in that building or whatever. That scene takes place in front of the door of the garage of the auto shop. Exactly. You would have only that, what you need um, loaded. And then you have the characters in there and you do a rough animation pass of everything you know you do you 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 essentially block out the scene i mean it's the same as blocking a scene in in live action right but it's a step above but drawing it's the first step it's path. a step it's a step above drawing i mean sometimes it depends on who the director is usually the director likes to see a little bit of animation a little bit of gesture you know the a, a pose if you have if you have um a, a good facial rig you know, facial, you can do facial animation, you know, you, you, you know, if, if he's happy, you know, put a smile on him or whatever you want to have the eye direction, you know, the, the eye line be correct. So the person is looking where he's supposed to look. Characters that are acting and exactly. You want to, you want to indicate as much as you can, but, but we don't have time to do anything beyond that. You know, usually we don't do, unless we have uh, pre-baked like walk cycles and stuff like that, like walking animations. We, we wouldn't put that in, you know, if we, if we ha- would have had to, if we have to animate that all ourselves, we don't put that in. We just kind of maybe put them in a, in a sort of splayed like walking pose and then we just oh, slide okay. them on the ground. Gotcha. So they're, that they're kind of thing might look like a, like a cookie cutter and it'll just go back and forth. You might not do the legs or something, but just get the sense of where spatial. Exactly. Exactly. Just, and, and then to be able to, to set up cameras. So basically we, what we are is it's the first step into CG and it's uh, cinematography. So, so you're we're the talking cinema- about what you did in animation and what you, this is animation. I mean, this is related to, this is related to previous, but it's, it's, it's a very similar uh, discipline, okay. but it is. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. What you're about to get into and explain mm-hmm. is, is this mysterious world of what happens when you plan a movie on yes. Computer or on paper on the drawings, the storyboard. And what I've even seen is, and even on your IMDb is mm-hmm. not just pre-visualization, but post-visualization. Yes. Which to me is a total fucking mystery. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah. 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 So pre-vis is 
as a, is a little bit like uh, layout. The difference is, I mean, it's essentially doing the same thing. You have um, assets, you know, you have the, the characters, you have, you have a set. Usually in the case of previous, it's all built by the artists. Like in an animated movie, there's a whole set department that builds out the sets and it's assumed that those sets that they're building are going to end up in the final movie. Just like the sets that we get are the rough layout versions of those sets. They don't have the final textures or like any of the the full detail. We just work with rough versions of it. And then that same, just a, a, um, a, a more detailed version of it is what ends up in the movie. In previs, it's all rough and ready. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we get a, we have a, a, a you know, if, let's make a, um, a street and then we might have a pre-built street from another show that we pull in or something. Hey, like we need to make Disney, a bespoke. If you're Disney, you've got a, you know, a, a well, well the, of assets, I'm assuming. In the case of previs, usually it's like these small scrappy previs houses that are like, some are some are more scrappy than others, let's say, but there are bigger ones. But usually, it's like a previous house, so a, a small company that hires a bunch of artists, and they are contracted out to the studios, uh-huh. and they do they do pre, a previous pass of a scene. So we might get boards, we might get script. Usually, we just get script, and and it's it's mostly done for um, for shots that are that are, you know, are anticipated to be a big VFX shot, mm-hmm. you know, expensive VFX shots. Um, if they need set extensions, if they need, there's something that needs to happen in the uh, production that needs to be very meticulously planned out. You know, it's either bidded, you know, it's either you create something for the VFX house um, to bid against. So you, so for the visual effects house, that's eventually going to make the shot, make the visual effect to say like, you know, um, this is how much this shot will cost. This is how, what we need to create. This is how long it is. This is how many elements we need to create. This is how much it will cost. And then also for things like, you know, the VFX supervisor to see what do I need to create on set? What like foreground or background, what do I need to build? What can be like a green screen element? Um, that kind of stuff. It's, and sometimes a part of it is actual. So first we do previs where we like we previs, you know, maybe if, if it's a big VFX movie, it's almost the whole movie. Yeah. And then the VFX artists spend like a year, year and a half starts. They start in pre-production. They previs out the whole movie. Then they sometimes go to set. They stay there with the director because they they need to be pumping out shots and need to need to adjust and and, and change those shots. To, you, to you always worked on you worked on a on a, on Avatar. Well, that's getting it. That's get that's getting into a whole another different. But well, but it's just like if in this on the on the topic of previs, I mean, it's like you're doing that the entire time. No, but, well, what I did on on Avatar was was a whole different beast. Oh really? Um, yeah, it was a whole really Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I, I was working with a bunch of. I thought what you were doing. It was actually. It was more digital. A digital production. So basically, what we were doing then was we were working the with. Entire time, right? 
No, we, we weren't doing, we're, we were actually more prepping stuff for, um, we were taking all the, the, the things that were mo-capped on stage. We were assembling those things into packets, packets for, um, for uh, Jim to then shoot on stage. Um, like shoot shoot his cameras on them. We were sort of setting them up. All the data from the mocap, and then you're creating a character onto that information. Yes, and we are making sure that 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 character is dressed in the right costume. You know, he's in the right set. The set looks correct. There's nothing in the way that you know where where Jim can get all his all his all his shots. Because what happens there is that you know there's a there's a, a recording, a basically a motion capture recording of 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 the actors. They go through all that stuff, and then once that's done, uh, the sets are built, and well, the sets were you know the, it's been captured on a on a version of the set. The set is then refined, and um, if it and the, and the look of the characters adjusted, and all that's applied to the characters in the in the set, and then we assemble all those final um, motion capture takes and then that's that's all put put together go ahead i i was under the impression that on these projects like avatar that you Mm -hmm. created an environment through jim or the director whoever's in charge of the of, of conceiving that that you created that environment and then shot in a mocap stage assuming you were in that jungle or that exactly well so my first job on avatar this is this is um this is now like going on three years ago now um i started there and because the the department that i would eventually end up going to which was the sequence department which is more the previs previs animation department um wasn't uh wasn't ready to receive me let's say they they lent me out to the to the set um the asset department which was um, which was either modeling you know if you were a good modeler which i'm you know i'm not a very good modeler i can model but not very good they um what is a modeler is that like building it's like software? it's actually physically building things inside the computer it's like if you need anything physical um like you know whether it's a character or um, a costume or a prop or a set piece of set or whatever you need to make that you need to build that inside something out of scratch whatever it is pretty much Um, and we we, you get drawn designs you know you get uh, designs from the design department and you need to use as that as a reference and and build it out build it you know build and what i did was i used a bunch of pre-built elements and i assembled sets for a while which is super fun but, um, but you know, I basically, yeah, built sets and I would you know, present those ironic. sets. It's it's, I, you know, I've always thought is, I mean, you're telling me now more than I've ever gone into detail with you about what you do. And <laughs> right. I understand the gist of it, but I don't know the details of what you do. But what is right. interesting is I work in like what's considered the art department, which is sort of interesting. And then within that, Right. It's uh, set decoration. Mm-hmm. And we, we build sets to a degree. I mean, I'm not in construction, but we're building sets 
construction might put up the actual walls, build the walls and, 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 and slap them together. But right. You know, we're bringing in all these details and it's, you kind of do this virtual version of that. Pretty much. I do the real <laughs> version. <laughs> you know, I don't get to do yeah. like amazing, insane. Like we're not, we're, we're doing, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very different discipline. Uh, they don't, you know, I can't say that, you know, if I do woodworking or anything like that, that, uh, that the skills transfer over at all. <laughs> but it's interesting so, you build sets on the computer in a virtual environment. Mm-hmm. I do that in the real world. I haven't right, done exactly. that in like over 90 days now, but um, one day yeah. I'll do it again. Um, yeah. so, so I guess, is it safe to say that as you progressed from these different jobs that you had to do a different task at all these places, but it all came from the same sort of educational background and the same, same skill set. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and my, especially so uh, for a layout artist, because my job in the end is being the cinematographer for the anim, you know, for animated movies. So right now my, my current job, is um is a layout artist for uh disney's new uh, latest movie which is uh ryan the last dragon and um can i leave that in there yeah yeah you can <laughs> i yeah it's that's safe and um and uh i mean i i i've done a bunch of photography i so my da- dad's a photographer yeah and and sort of over the years i've built a a pretty good sort of eye for composition and lighting and all that kind of stuff. And, and that, that helped me a ton. And then my, all the the sort of generalist stuff that I did back home in Iceland is, was a really good foundation too, especially for, for previous. So previous is more, so in the layout world, we get, there's a whole team in front of us and behind us in the pipe. Yeah. So, and you know, behind us in the pipe is, are all the the set the 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 people who build everything we we work with like like I was saying earlier the sets and the characters they rig the characters which means rigging means that you essentially put a skeleton and controls into characters for the for you to be able to animate them okay. and 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 doing that well is essential for you, for you to to execute well you know what you do and and uh but in previs the previs previs is much more sort of seat of your pants you've got to do it yourself you have to be able to rig something if you need it rigged you have to be able to model it build it texture it you know do all those things yourself and and coming from the sort of um jack of all trades background that i have uh, coming from iceland um that helped me a ton you know that that gave me a lot of sort of you know a strong foundation Uh did the, did the software transfer the stuff you're using uh, software-wise in Iceland and you came here? Was it the same type of stuff or did you have to learn new? Well, um, the software is, the principles of the software are the same. I mean, I happen to be using um, Softimage back home because that's the, the thing I learned how to use. But um, when I came here, I, I started using Maya. Maya is like the, the, the gold sort of the gold standard or what everyone uses more or less, especially here in, in the States. Okay. Um, and I mean, 
it is kind of a dinosaur at this point, you know, it's really, um, but, but I mean, everyone uses it. It's, it's like more or less every studio I've worked on worked at in the States has used it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and especially for, for like compositing, do you know what, you know, do you understand what that means? Like compositing, it's basically, um, I mean, I understand use, the definition, but maybe not the app. Right. It's basically assembling, you know, any, you know, um, when you, any when you elements you have. Composite, I think I see you, your mind is in the virtual world. Right. Mine is in the physical. So right. if you say composite, like the first image I get is putting like a TIE fighter in front of a blue screen and then adding mm -hmm. elements that in post, but you're having plates of, of physical footage. Exactly. You have plates and you have, um, you know, masks yeah. and to, to assemble all that together and then, you know, put effects on top of that and stuff. Um, but when you say composite, you're probably talking about a hundred percent virtual elements, nothing live action. Pretty, pretty, no, not all the time. I mean, sometimes we, for example, so what you were mentioning earlier, the difference between pre and post viz. Yeah. So I'll explain that to you. So basically um, pre viz, then you're working with hundred percent virtual. You're, you're, you're imagining, what the set's going to look like, or maybe you have rough plans for it or whatever. And, and you have digital characters, you're animating them. You're, you're essentially creating shots. Those shots get handed to the production and they sometimes use them one-to-one -to, -one to, to match um, in, when they're shooting the movie. So they, they shoot more or less those same shots. They copy this. It's sometimes incredible. I mean, sometimes it totally depends on the director or the DP. What? You know, but, but, an example that is, and I heard that there was a, a little bit overboard was uh, Panic Room. He he previewed right. the holy hell out of that thing, and they built sure. a house in order for it to come apart to get shots. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's 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 a very good good uh, example of what um, previous is useful for because that makes means that you can plan those things out in in detail. You know, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, and you and because. Because if you are careful and if you do it properly, you can get detailed measurements out of the model. You can, you can do what's called tech viz, which is basically you can, you can bring in a physical crane um, or physical camera and you can set the limits of how it can move into the, into the, into the, you know, the virtual world. And you can, you can oh, measure. You might, actually, you might bring in like a techno crane in a virtual world. That's like, that, that actually will tell you your two, your lens is two feet away from the subject. Exactly. So, and you have, oh, oh, you know, you have to make sure that this sign has to be, or this like wall has to be this far away from the, you know, you have, you can get actual physical measurements out of that. And that, that's, that's a part of the, a big part of the, 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 the previs and the, um, tech biz process the article that i read said that the and by article i mean video i watched said that um the the dp of that film went nuts because there's such specific measurements to the mm -hmm. is that he was just putting a lens and measuring its distance and just placing it wasn't being artistic he's just yeah information right I yeah know. i mean i think i think i've heard that that uh uh fincher is a is a big control freak when it comes to that well, that was specific because of the fact that it was so heavily prevised and that it was like, look, the lens has got to be nine feet from the ground and two feet from the right. That's where it has to be. Because I've, right. I've also heard him say, I mean, something, something that's it's pretty funny because um, we, especially in animation, 
um, we try to not we try to try not to make the what? <laughs> Center yourself and back up a little bit. Sorry. Uh, we we try not to make um, the camera do anything that it couldn't do in real life. So we we because because the virtual camera can do anything. You know, it can go as fast as you need, as fast as you want. It can go through a through a, the eye of a you know the, through a pinhole if you wanted to. It, it doesn't matter. It can go through a wall. It is nothing to, that stops it from doing that. And and so we have to put restrictions on ourselves to to the real world to some degree. Yeah, well, that's only if you're married to if you're actually married to physical production to some degree, right? No, no, not at all. Because people expect to see that. People get it's really jarring if you see a, a camera that feels CG. Uh, so if you if if the camera doesn't feel grounded in reality, it takes you out of the movie. So, so that's, that's a huge, huge part of what we do yeah. is we, you know, a good layout artist, he, he understands how cameras move, you know, that, that, uh, that a track is a straight line. It's not a, well, like not a the panic room thing. Mm -hmm. Some of the shots in that film were, were CG shots. Well, that, that's, 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 that's what I was, that's what I was coming to because to the mug to the back. Exactly. So, so that's what I'm coming to. Basically he did, in live action, I mean, granted, there's a lot of CG, especially in that shot. I think that shot was fully CG. Um, uh, and it was really groundbreaking at the time. But uh, so basically he, and he said that, I've heard him say this, like he wants, he wants the camera to be sort of supernatural. Mm. He want, doesn't want the camera to be grounded in real life. He's doing kind of the opposite of what, um, what we do, sure. which is he has a physical camera a that he- choice. I mean. It's sorry. It's his artistic choice. It's you know, it's sweet. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I mean, he has a very specific reason for it. He he wants us to be the sort of, um, sort of disembodied observer kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Whereas whereas in in CG, you know, in in in, in animation, we want we don't want people to be aware that it's a, 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 a made up world a, you know, we want to ground them in, in reality, you know, and, and that like they're watching a film where the camera's on a tripod and that traditional type of viewpoint as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, sure. There's, there's shots that, you know, you couldn't normally get, but, but we try to avoid those as much as we can. I mean, and it's always like, you know, you motivate a camera with motion you you know there's all the the different um, different rules that you have in live action filmmaking about like you know screen directions and and you know all that kind of stuff yeah. you know you don't break those sure because that that you know that that just pulls you out you don't need to what do you think um, what do you think the chances are of this style of production like avatar where you have mocap and these environments and stuff does that seem like it's growing and it's going to become more prominent and 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 it's on a it's on the rise i mean aside from the current status of the world right now but from a from a i guess if, like if you're thinking about financials it makes sense for production to do that financially you see that growing 
or is it more of something that just these specific directors like Cameron and stuff, they just want the control of the world to achieve that style? It's, it's, I mean, it, it's only, it's only if you, if the story calls for it. I mean, so Avatar and for example, Ready Player One yeah. are pretty, you know, Avatar, the Avatar production is a lot bigger, but the Ready Player One was a very similar in a lot of ways, sort of a digital production. So you need CG characters that move realistically, they're motion captured, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you just, that's what you need. You need a full on um, mocap stage. You need a virtual production. You need a um, someone to build sets in, 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 in the virtual world. And then you have, you set that up on a stage and you can walk, walk through it with a, with a virtual camera, that kind of thing. It's, it's not going to replace anything, but I mean, a, a good sort of hybrid is for example, um, uh, uh, Mandalorian, yeah. like what they were doing there so, is really fascinating because, the, the... um, I, f- I forget the exact terminology, but it's, but it's basically, it's basically a game engine. It's well, they had a term for that, that stage that used the tech. It was like, the, <sighs> the pit or the, the view or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blanking on it right now, but, but it is, it, it is a super- combination. I'm no expert, but it was a combination of that mocap with the game engine running of an environment that the camera would actually see and be positioned. Yeah. So, so the camera has to be hooked up to the system. Um, it has to capture, it has to be, it's the same technology as motion, motion capture on a character, but you're motion capturing the camera and it, it's hooked up because uh, with, if you have a flat screen behind you and you're changing perspectives, um, that has to change. You know, the background has to change has to has to change um, in relation to for it to to you know, right. and 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 you get like you get free lighting essentially. You, you the the screen is lighting your subjects. Yeah. And, and, and when, but when you see that behind the scenes stuff and you see uh, from like the actor or I guess anybody's point of view other than the lens, mm-hmm. it's actually quite jarring because you've got this giant environment around you that's completely yeah. capturing your point of view. Yeah. So whole, I, I had it. You're not looking at it from the lens. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it from any axis off of the lens. Right. All the environment is crunched. It's only realistic looking to the point of view of the lens. Exactly. See that stuff I'm talking about? Everything is mushed and, and warped if you're not. Exactly, because, because it's, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, the actor, don't you think that would be a strange, it's, it's better than blue it's screen? No, it's, stranger, it's no stranger than, than a blue screen. It's much more uh, immersive than, than because you're, you're seeing the actual environment. You have a couple of things, um, a couple of practical things in the foreground, yeah. and then you have the full environment. Like you don't have to imagine anything. You can see exactly what it's going to look like. I think that if I was an actor, and I and and these and the in the interviews they say this, but I, and I fully agree. If you want to be an actor, it's like you. Part of that is to play a role and be in this world and feel it and imagine it in, in its entirety, and go completely di- dive in. So if you're an actor and you're shooting a film and it's traditional and you're out in the middle of the desert, you can really, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse, get a taste of it. But on a blue screen, you have to completely, I would think, generate that in your mind. But with right. this, like the Mandalorian, the technology they're using there, I think that's a great marriage of both worlds because all, all everything on the ground and within that, within that 50, 100 foot radius or whatever it is, is 
is the desert and the cave and the whatever. But you've got this video wall, which may be disorienting, but at least you've got some tangible environment there to be in, which I think. Exactly. Exactly. And the, and the lighting and like, you know, just basically a full set extension um, on, on screen. I mean, so I, there were people who were um, working on it because I, we were, we shared the same, um, we were both on the same lot. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, Avatar and, and, and the Mandalorian. Right. And I had people who I knew who were working on it, trying to explain to me how it worked. Weren't they and going had, to you guys and saying, hey, how, how, how the fuck do we do this? No, had, no, 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 no. They long before, hadn't you? No, they were, they were, we were totally, they weren't, you know, we were totally separate. But it was a separate, it, separate it, technology. It it's not the same. No, 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 no. But it's a totally separate kind of thing. And no, I know that Avatar is not using that, that, uh, that background, but, right. but they, but James Cameron had developed, I think his own technology. Well, it's based on, so it's, yeah. To create these, to capture these uh, people and create these environments. I mean, he was kind of, you know, spearheading that for a while. Sure. Sure. He, 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 I mean, the, the, the original avatar, all the, the motion capture technology that was done for that, I mean, has driven the, the, the industry, you know, for since basically, and, and, but no, I mean, it's, it's a complete, it's a little different because um, at least like what we were doing, I mean, I, I left the, the production, you know, now like a year and a half ago or more, almost two years ago. And um, we were doing the, the fully digital production. We weren't doing the live action stuff. And, and I don't know, they might be doing similar stuff now because but what we were doing is was basically fully CG. We weren't we weren't needing to to do any sort of you know full screen backgrounds or anything like that. But another element that's you're creating the environment, but then you have to somehow track it and display right, this strange. Right, right. But that is basically so. You, you what, what essentially you you do is you have instead of holding a camera, you know, you there's. In the you know in the computer you have the full world loaded, and you have all the characters, all the all the motion, all the acting of the characters. They're all they're all in there, and you can play them. You can scrub back and forth. You can play the same um, performance, the actors performing over and over and over again as many times as you want, and then you 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 get your angles instead of having the actors act. And their 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 performance being different every time, you picked out your performance. You know exactly what they're going to do and say, and how they're going to move. And you can go in. And what Jim did, he would go in and he would spend a full day shooting, like, you know, three four minutes, two three minutes of of foot of 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 final footage, essentially, or like a two three minute capture. He would go over and over and over again to get his perfect shots. So once you, what you're saying is once they've captured the mocap and they have that data of the actor's movement mm-hmm. and they can show that through whatever method and you can see while you hold the camera in that room. Exactly. You play it back and you, um, whatever coverage they want. Exactly. And you, you just put another, you just put a virtual camera in that space and you can put however many virtual cameras in there 
placed at the exact same, you know, and, and, and what he's doing is he's holding essentially what's, what's, what's an iPad with, with some, some grip controls, with joystick controls, and he can zoom in or change lenses or whatever. Not even a you know, camera. It's just a, it's just a, a sensor. It's not a, a yeah, it's not a camera. It's just a, it's just a, and, and there's like, you know, some balls on a stick that are tracking its motion. And then he's just walking around with like, like he would with a, a regular camera. And this is when you, and you, this is the, you didn't say this was previous when you were working on this, this was, you were doing. Well, yeah, this is just, we were doing regular, we were doing full on final production. It's, this is basically because, but it was a virtual production, you know, instead of, you know, actors in costume and, you know, um, and a set, a fully built set, we were on a stripped down soundstage and all the, the sets and the actors and the costumes and all that kind of stuff was all virtual. Yeah. And we were, um, we were, you know, we, we essentially see the picture with the actors wearing the little camera and the blue suit and the dots and everything's dots covered in dots and sensors, the whole place. Right. Right. I mean, just super exciting, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it was, a, it was you're the creator and it's like your world, and you know, it like, that's the person yeah. who gets it, but everyone else is just working in this blue room. It's like, I don't yeah, know. It was a, I, I like it was it was super stressful. Part of the filmmaking, um, one of the joys is to go to these unique places in film and mm -hmm. work in these environments and see something take place and see the scene come together in, right. in a unique place, a, a historic building or a bridge that's you know unique to like these places that are real you know and then that's right. fun and i would i would think that if you're not involved in the creative to some degree that the blue environment would get a little boring after a while <laughs> yeah. yeah what did you what, what's the thing you're on now after you did avatar so uh avatar um ended yeah i, I left avatar to go actually i worked on um spongebob i went to to and do layout went back to animation. So I'd been working in the, in the previous industry for a while, um, ended up on Avatar and then did that for a couple of years. And then uh, I went to uh, Paramount, Paramount Animation to do uh, SpongeBob, you know, finish it up. I, you know, there were, they, they were like three quarters of the way through that movie. And I, um, I helped finish it, put, you know, push it across the finish line, basically. Did you, were you on that, like you were saying before that you were kind of known for some of these specific animations like the airplane no no that was that was that was a totally new thing for me because you know it's kind of slapstick um sort of cartoony animation it was totally new for me i would never done that before it was just like my my sort of general background as a layout artist um that got me that gig uh, it was super fun um, little awesome little team you know and, when you when you say slapstick and you're talking about that that some of those cartoons are in done in a sense where it's almost like the I would think that they would like hire a comedian or something to help reference some of the emotion because other other sure. are they depending on you to come up with this comedy timing and the different things that are funny a it's little like bit no animation, I, isn't it that's mostly done in the animation so we we were um laying out the scenes but our the rigs that we were using were very limited we could do very little of the actual like 
exaggerated animation that they were going to do. We just sort of indicated that. And then what they were, you know, the, there was an animation team in Montreal doing the final animation. Um, uh, and they, what, I mean, they were doing amazing, amazing stuff. It was way, way beyond what we were doing. Like, and we, you know, like I said, the rigs and the, the, the sort of the models that we were using weren't really equipped to do that kind of stuff. And we didn't, you know, and usually we don't have time to, for it either, but we, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just when you do layout for uh, an animation like that, a sort of um, a slapstick, the, you know, the, the camera motions are much simpler. The, the, it's, it's, there's a lot less drama in the way you, you, you set things up and and it has to be just fairly two-dimensional and 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 sort of um clear um that way but yeah after you put your hands on it it goes to somebody else who does these final little like comedic touch animations or no i mean they do the animation so basically what we do isn't really considered animation we do animation an animation pass but is very very rough and, and essentially what the animator does, so we lay out the scene, we, we, we indicate where, how the, the character or the props or whatever you have, what have you, move through the frame or are placed in the frame. And it's essentially like blocking a live action scene. You, you just, you, they, you know, here's where the actor, actor's gonna stand and say this line, here's where the actor's gonna move over here, and this is where the camera moves, all that kind of stuff. And then the, the cookie cutter he slides in, this is where his body will be. Pretty much. Where the arms and, arms and eyes go. I mean, we, we, tried, we tried to put in as much acting as possible just because whoever's watching it, and just so they can get a clear picture of the, if the story's working or if it's still funny or, or whatever, they need to see some kind of emoting going on some acting you know you can't have just a guy in a in a t-pose you know that's <laughs> slap into the frame and they go what do you want me to do with this exactly yeah. but um but we don't have time to do any more detail than that yeah. um but then the actual animator he can take what we have and completely throw it away like anything except of course the camera the camera is ours the camera is what we do uh, but the the actual motion of the of the, of the um, character is up to him and the animation director. So once you place the camera or the camera movement, that's locked. But then you pretty, the character pretty much more. Pretty much. So what it, so what I do is technically called rough layout, uh, and then there's like final layout or layout finaling. Yeah. which which is which means that rough layout is 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 a lot more creative uh usually than than um final layout because what final layout is does is just polish the cameras sure. it's like if if the animation um if the timing of the animation is a little if if the camera is following a certain timing in the layout and then the timing changes you know the motion changes mm-hmm. a little bit in the animation then the final layout goes in and, and just shifts the camera over a little bit on those frames, make sure the timing is, is good and, and just polishes up the camera. Um, I see this. Why, why not? And I mean, this is just a question for, for, to dig into detail, but why not have you do all that? Why do you do some of it and then pass it on? Is it just a skill set? Yeah, totally. It's a completely different skill set. Yeah. I mean, we, 
we think about the big picture. We, we, get a, we get a scene that might be 10, 15 shots. It might be 40, 50 shots. Wow. And we do all that in like, you know, let's say three to six weeks or whatever. That's our time frame. And um, the animator gets a single shot and that shot might take him three, six, 12 weeks or whatever, however long to take to do. If it's super detailed, there's a lot of characters in there. It's super time consuming. So it's just, time we do, we sketch out the whole, we sketch out the whole scene. Time consuming like, for them because they're working down to the details of like little finger movements and eye blinks and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. It's very, it's all that stuff is super time consuming and it's, you know, it's a different skill set. They're very detail oriented. We sort of look at the bigger picture of, of how the scene works within the context of the movie, how the shots work within the context of the scene, how, how the, the camera motion cuts with between one shot and the other, how it sort of flows, how the motion flows through the shot and through the scene and all that kind of stuff. So that's more have the director over your shoulder most of the time here for you and them. Is he constantly around? So we have, usually there's, um, there's a lead artist and uh, a a layout supervisor Um, at Disney. They're called um, directors of photography. Um, And, and then we have the director. So we present our work first to the, to the the DP um, or the head of layout, and they th- we sort of do our rough passes or like, and then we present them to the directors. The directors have the final say, of course, but but we you know go through a a, a stage with with our supervisor first, gotcha. and then we present. Yeah, we, they're not looking over our shoulders essentially, but but they we present them to them every every so often. You work for a certain amount of time, then present this work, get notes, move on to the next. Pretty much. Pretty much. Cool. Well, what what else? What else is going on? You're doing, you're doing, <laughs> what was the thing you said you were doing right now? What was that thing I said I was doing? Can you talk about it anymore? Or is it is it? Uh, no, uh, Raya. Um, I mean, I can talk about what what is. I mean, I think there's a trailer coming out soon, so there's there's going to be more revealed. But it's a uh, it's basically um, an Asian themed sort of action animation movie. Cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's very, very cool. It's a when super you, when cool When you movie. say action animation, you're talking about live action and animation? No, no, no. It's action. just action. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of an action movie. Let's say. Cool. Got you busy? Yes. You working from Crazy. home? I'm working from home, yeah. Cool. I have a setup, setup here where... Um, yeah, I basically uh, remote into a workstation uh, at work and then uh, do all the work from there. Wow. So basically all the work is done on that machine over there. And then, you know, all my meetings are over Zoom, basically. You're a Zoom pro then. Pretty much. I'm <laughs> this trying to out. <laughs> I'm in my garage over here, man, trying to figure out Zoom. Yeah. Looks oh, like a nice setup. Too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's all just, you know, tools and crap for yeah. stuff. Catch a nice lighting there and stuff. It looks really profesh. Uh, if you look close. <laughs> <laughs> well, could have could fooled me. Yeah. <laughs> looks great from here. Um, so I want to ask you a question. So you, you start off at a certain point in, mm-hmm. in Iceland. 
I guess I, technically your animation started in Germany, sounds like. But yeah, you start at a certain point, you grow, grow, grow. You realize you want to get, grow further. You move closer to sort of bigger jobs. Now you cut to here. You're working. You've worked on, you know, Avatar, Disney, and things like that. What mm -hmm. would be like the next thing? Like, have you done the level of animation and things in your world that you'd like to get to? Is there something further and, and greater to get to the, the the true Holy Grail? Or is it really kind of like you've you've you've, you've um, done it? I mean, I mean. Uh... Yeah, I would say I've I've done a lot of what I, I mean, Disney feature animation is always was always a dream gig. I mean, Pixar is always up there as well. Um, that would be that would be cool if I if I got to work there at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've been super lucky. I I I can honestly say that. You know, yeah, but you it's, I, when people say that, I don't I'm not disagreeing with you. But when people say I've been super lucky, you wouldn't the luck would not have mattered had you not had the skill. You know what I mean? But timing, luck, but not like you were just... Luck, ha luck helps for sure, luck. but yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're all right. I attribute my, any, my success, I attribute any success I've had to timing and perseverance myself. Right. And I'm not talking myself down. I just don't have like any certain thing that I'm amazing at. I just keep doing shit. And that's pretty yeah. much keep doing stuff and then meeting the right people and then calling them to the point where they're like, fine, come down. Just call me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, keeping the right attitude, um, um, not burning any bridges. That's, that's always good too. Like that's, that's always been, I think, I think, uh, you know, that's helped me a ton. Yeah. Not you burning know. bridges in the, in the freelance world is like, key to number one don't ever <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean it's a small really small business the one i work in at least um sure yours is too so you know there's a, it's a small group of but so when you say small for you does that mean there aren't very many people that do what you do no even in even in la i mean there is i mean sure there there are there are you know a big group of people but you meet the same people over and over and over again um doing different things different gigs in different places and and if you're if you're a dick you know word gets word gets around you know you know the, the worst part about the dick people is there's people that i know get big jobs and mm -hmm. they call me or i text or whatever and they're like are you available and I see, and I go, oh, it's that dickhead. And I go, damn it. That's <laughs> I don't want to work with you, but I want to work so much. <laughs> it's a yeah. kind of, it's like I, I mean, double-edged sword, you know? I know, I know. But as long as you're not the dickhead, that, that's, that's the biggest issue. You know, that's, 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 that's under your control, I guess. The other people, not so much. Uh, what about, um, you want to throw out, like, what do people do to look you up? What's the best place to find a uh, list of Inco's achievements? Oh, geez. Um, there's a very, I think it's, a, I mean, IMDB is pretty incomplete, but um, you could go there, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, have a, I don't have a page anymore. It's all sort of word of mouth at this point. <laughs> I guess that's the best thing to say, like, if, if you've, it's sort of a, a milestone of success is you're like, I don't have time for a website. 
as opposed to the guy that's like, hey, please look at my website. Right. Yeah, like that's yeah. two different places. Yeah. Check out INDB, INDB.com slash whatever the hell it says. Search. <laughs> you know, it'll probably just be a number, but uh, cool. Yeah, you're not going to see the new movies and a lot of the inter- intermittent stuff. Because, I mean, probably like me, you, I'm, not, I'm not knocking you here, but I know for myself, I get left off of credits and stuff. And if I want right. I mean, I've, I've had to add myself um, a lot of the time. I, I, I you know, whatever. I, I go through there like every few years and, and add myself to stuff I've, I've, uh, I've worked on. But, um, you know. And for somebody who's, who is currently, you know, of all the people that are going to see this, all five of them, mm-hmm. when, when that one kid sees this and he's in, in you know, Alabama or Ohio or Iceland, He's right. like, man, I'm, I just finished this project and it's, you know, I want to go to, I want to be the, I want to move up to the next level. Right. You recommend school? Like you, like you're talking about, you know, it's really expensive and getting a loan. Like what, what, what do you think now looking back, would you say, yeah, go, go spend money, take that, get that education or just DIY it? Or what, what would be your advice now for somebody? So it depends on what you want to do. So if you want to do what I planned to do originally, which was character animation, um, I would totally go to school for it. I mean, I would, I would go to, um, there's, there's a lot of good animation programs out there. Most of them cost a lot of money, money, but they are really good. Um, but, um, but animation is also a tough industry to get into like animation, animation, like character animation. It's a really sort of prestigious line of work and, and people who do it on the level of like Disney are like insanely, <laughs> are insanely talented. So there's a there's a there's a there's a steep, you know, comp- steep competition. Yeah. But um, for for what I do right now, um, I don't think there's a specific. I don't think you can go to necessarily go to school for being. I mean, you you go to an animation program and you learn about layout and stuff, but there's not specific programs for layout artists, but if you are a good, so a good place to start would be previous. Like previous is a good place for, if you, if you, if you are a talented CG artist, if you, if you, you know, worked, worked in blender, you've done, you know, blender is a good, you know, actually a program that I've, I've started to use a lot now. It's, it's accessible, it's, it's free, anyone can download it and, and start using it. And there's like tons and tons of, of tutorials online. Um, yeah, learn about, learn about, you know, um, so, so how camera, out, cameras work, you know. Are you saying they, figure it out yourself as opposed to traditional education? I, there's not a, there's usually not a sort of direct path from, um, from an animation, you know, um, education to do what I do, I guess. But, but there's lots of ways. I guess there's lots of ways. I mean, I, like I said, I did my two years. There's, there's a bunch of people with me, you know, who haven't necessarily had, um, uh, you know, there's people who have had a full education and there's people who sort of are self, self-taught. Yeah. And it's basically what you, what you can bring to it, what, what kind of a reel you have. That's, that's the, so what the, you're the thing that matters. Nobody asks me today what, what school I went to. 
what you're saying is if you want to become an animator, find out where George Lucas's assistant lives, move next door. <laughs> no, but, but you have to have a really strong, you have to have a pretty strong reel. You have to have, I mean, I was lucky in that I, I'm, Iceland, you know, the, the industry in Iceland gave me a, a leg up, gave me a, um, an opening, had me do really, you know, advanced stuff pretty early on. So I had a pretty strong reel already yeah. of, of stuff I'd done, not necessarily layout or previous stuff, but, 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 you know, yeah. um, but yeah. Um, so I can, I can honestly recommend things like animation mentor because it's like, I think it's, um, it gives you a super strong foundation in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they have specific, um, uh, courses in like layout cameras and stuff like that. I, I hope they would at this point. And there's, there's, there's places like a lot of, a lot of people who I know, uh, went to schools like Noman in, uh, that's here in LA. Um, do you know about that school? No, I don't. Noman, and, uh, GNO. No, G-N-O, G-N-O-M-O-N. G-N-O-M-A-N? G-N-O-M-O-N, Nomen. And that's an animation school? It's a a school for for visual effects and animation, yeah. Uh, Yeah, you know, they do, I, I know people who've taught, like, you know, uh, done previous courses there. Like I, I know a teacher who t- teaches previous there and stuff. So there's all kinds of different, um, uh, you know, things you can learn. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Ingo. <laughs> Thanks, Ingo, for Goodmanson, for your backstory and your advice and yeah, of course, your friendship, my friend. Thank you, Alex. Enjoy the 1978 podcast, everybody. Next one's coming soon. I have no idea who it's going to be, but this one was good. Peace out. Thanks, Ingo. Take care. Bye.